0: That you're all well, rejoicing in God and loving, serving Him. Just want to share a few thoughts and uh, reminders, possibly lessons to be learned or reminders to be to remember, that I felt God highlight again to me in my devotions. And uh, these are found in two Corinthians chapter two, just a few verses, verse twelve through to seventeen. And I want to read that to you in the NIV. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through to 17. It says, now when I went, this is Paul writing, Says, 'Now says, now when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ and found that the Lord had opened a door and the door was for me, that's him. That's an amazing thing he's saying. And this is what one of the things we want to look at this morning about doors that God opens. But <clears throat> it says, the Lord opened a door for me I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. Isn't that amazing? God opens the door. You'd think that Paul would stay there forever. But he just gets there and it isn't long before he says, but I had no peace, so I moved on. And then he, But he goes on to say this and gives some explanation to why. He says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and, through us, spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are the smell of death, to the other the fragrance of life. And who is equal for such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. First of all, I just want to touch this and then move on to what I really want to speak about. But I want you to understand that God and his word have no restrictions, no limitations. God is totally sovereign, does what he wants to, and even if there's a lockdown or we seem to be not able to move around like we want to, God's word is never limited, never imprisoned, never restricted. It is never bound. So I just want to read a couple of scriptures to you. Matthew 19, 26, just on the sovereignty of God and the, the ability to do what he likes. Nothing can stop him. He says in Matthew nineteen twenty six, with man, things are certain. Things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Again in Psalm one hundred forty seven, in the fifth verse, uh, the psalmist says, "Great is our Lord and abundant in power, more than needed, abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure." Isaiah forty verse twenty eight is a similar vein. It says, "He, his understanding." no one can fathom. And in 2 Timothy 2, verse 9, Paul, imprisoned, jailed, writes this. I might be in jail, he's saying, but but God's word cannot be jailed. Different translations, jailed, bound, uh, chained, imprisoned. It's going out everywhere. The Philippian Paul was in jail when he wrote so many of the epistles. The Word of God still went out while he was in jail. So no matter what situation you find yourself in, the Word of God still today will never be bound. we just got to find what God wants us to do, find the open doors, use them, and God will honor the Word. His Word shall not return unto him void. It shall accomplish that for which he has purposed it. So here's a few important Reminders, lessons from these few verses, this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through to 17. First of all, it is God who opens doors of opportunity for us or doors of of ministry for us and doors of fruitfulness for us. It's God. And that's what verse 12 says to us. So I want to just remind you this morning, don't go or try to go where God hasn't opened doors for you. We don't have to keep on kicking doors down trying to get into something that God's not in. He opens, let him lead you and confirm that this is what he wants for you. You see, so often, I know in my own ministry over the years, people invited me into situations because they felt they had need or they liked what I was saying. But it wasn't always, not every invitation is, is from God. So make sure that God confirms it and it's God's leading. Otherwise, you're just going to waste their time and your own time to a large degree. Secondly, uh, just remember this, um, God's open doors are for a specific purpose and for sometimes very often for a specific time. They're not all there for, permanent, uh, for us to stay there permanently. Sometimes it's just itinerant, in and out. Sometimes it's to base ourselves there for a period of time. But don't overstay God's timing or you're welcome there. Don't get comfortable, don't settle in and not want to move on. I remember with Anne and I in Bryanston when we were there, we loved it, we enjoyed it, everything was going well for us Um, and we were really comfortable. Uh, Who would want to move out of that but God? And we we can't let our comforts and those things that we've settled into keep us where we are. So don't stay longer than God intends. And so Paul says, God's opened a door for me but I move on. Why? Because there's so many other places God wants to send you to. Um, and so Paul knew when to stay and Paul knew when to, to move on. In the book of Acts, you'll see this regularly right throughout the book of Acts. But take their 14th chapter. You see there that he traveled from place to place and then he stayed in Antioch for a period of time. He knew how to follow God, not to overstay his welcome and not to cut short what God wanted him to do. Even Jesus moved from place to place. Even when they said to him, will he stay? He said, now I've got other places I've got to go to. People needed him. They wanted him, but he had to move on. Bear that in mind. God may have you in a place now. And through this, even this lockdown or whatever's going on around the world in this pandemic, God's getting our attention. And sometimes it's to change the, the direction we're going in or the ministry, whatever we're involved in, to make us more fruitful and blessed. So please, hear God and hear what I'm trying to say here. It's something like, we find out in, in Numbers chapter 9 with the pillar of cloud by, by day and the pillar of fire by night. They didn't move, the children of Israel, God's people didn't move until the cloud moved. If it stayed for a day, they stayed for a day. If it stayed for a month, they stayed for a month. If it stayed for a year, they stayed for a year. But they didn't overstay They had to keep with moving with the pillar. And so This is what we need to get back into our hearts and be reminded of. The next thing, a little lesson I want to quickly share with you is that the world is our parish. The whole world is our area of ministry. You see that in verse 14. Remember Matthew 28, verse 18 onward, the Great Commission. It really is going to all the world. That's to all believers. And how we who are in ministry, especially preaching, how we need to set that example to show people that we really honestly believe what God said. So the world is our parish. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Not just where you are. Not just your city, your town, your community. Not even your own country. But beyond that as well. Don't ever lose that. And be an example. Alright. Remember in Genesis 12 and with the seed of Abraham uh, from verse 1 onward it Paul, uh, God says to Moses, uh, to Abraham, I'll make you a blessing and all nations will be blessed through you. All nations. So, this is an amazing thing to me. I, I was just reading it again in 2 Peter 3.12. It actually t- says that we can actually slow down or speed up the second coming of Christ by our response to being available to move to where God wants us to move. Because Jesus said this, he will not return us. This is in Matthew 24, 14. He says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then, only then, the end will come. So we can speed up or we can slow down. If we're not going to do what God wants us to do, if we're going to just stick where we are because we're comfortable, it's nice there, cozy, we're enjoying it. we're not willing to move on when God tells us to move on, we can actually impede the second coming of Christ. The next little lesson quickly is that we're to bring the knowledge of Christ to them. Not our favorite texts, not our favorite subjects, not our motivational messages. We need to bring the knowledge of Christ. That is all that he is, all that he has done, all that he's doing, all that he is going to do into the future, all about him, his attributes and his actions, his promises and his commands. In what Paul referred to when he was speaking to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20, when he says, I have not hesitated to give to you the whole counsel of God, the whole word of God, all that the word of God contains all right the next little one is lesson that i just want to remind you of is found in verses 14 and 15 and it reads like this in the message bible through us he brings the knowledge of christ everywhere we go people breathe in the exquisite fragrance because of christ and we give off a sweet sense scent rising to god recognized by those on the way of salvation an aroma Redolent or smelling strongly with life. It, it, you know, have you ever been out and you're not hungry? You're just going out for a walk and you smell a barbecue, or you smell a stir fry, or even a coffee, and it creates an appetite. And that's what Paul is saying: we are to exude Christ. We're to create an appetite. Paul actually says that he even wants the Jews to become jealous when they see the Gentiles coming to Christ that's what God wants us to do to exude Christ Um, and I believe you know when I read the book of Acts and it's chapter 4 verse 13 it says that these people who were persecuting them said they took notice that that you could not help but see they'd been with Christ you see we exude Christ when we spend time with him we have to give him time and I to some degree, when we give God time, our faces almost shine with the glory of God like it did with Moses when he came down from the mount. Quickly moving on. This is so important for us to remember because we could just think we'll never be able to do this. But it's all all of this is beyond human ability or ingenuity as the 16th. He says, nobody's competent for this. Nobody's able to do this. You see, we need God. We need God to provide to give us all the skills all the abilities all the enabling all the, the workers we need god we need to look to him remembering as 2 corinthians chapter 3 verses 4 through to 6 tells us that nobody is competent for this but god has made us competent ministers of the gospel it's god of the new covenant not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills on the spirit Gives life. We need the Spirit of God working in and and through our lives all the time. In other words, it's His anointing. As Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, I think it's verses 18 to 19, that the Spirit of the Lord is now upon me, for He has anointed me, and then He tells us to bring good news, to bring release, freedom. You see, the the anointing breaks the yoke. And if we don't have the anointing, we can say all these things. We can take the Bible and preach it, but it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. That's when we see people set free, when when God's involved. And so he promises he will do that. And I'm going to close with this because I, I, I want to take a, a second session. I see I've taken about 12, 13 minutes up till now already. But God promises to do this. And I'll just give you a few promises again. In Isaiah 48, verse 15, I read out of the New International. He says, I've spoken to you. I've called you. I will bring you along. You will succeed in your message or in your mission. So we are basically, I, I hate this word, but I'm going to say, we are programmed for success. God has ordained. God has made sure, ensured that we be successful. All we've got to do is trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Faith in obedience. In Psalm 32, verse 8, he says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you with my loving eye on you. Again, in John 15, verse 16. He says, I chose you to bear fruit, much fruit, more fruit, fruit that lasts. You can have a look at Isaiah 50, again, verses 4 and 5, Acts 18, 8 to 11, and you'll see that God will do it. Remember this, and I close with this. Jesus, speaking to Nicodemus, said this, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. It can be sweaty flesh, it can be sincere flesh, but flesh only gives birth to flesh. Without the Spirit of God, we will not be able to do anything that will last for the kingdom. Now, Father, I ask in Jesus' name, your blessing on your people and fruitfulness in abundance, and that there would be faith in their hearts and a willingness, for it's you who work in us both to will and to do, of your good pleasure. In Jesus' name, amen.